Hi, I'm E.J. Williams. Each year, millions of animals are abandoned, and more than a million are euthanized before they can be rescued. Organizations like American Humane are working to harness the healing power of the human-animal bond, as animals can be trained as life-saving service and therapy dogs to help veterans, the elderly, and children with special needs to overcome the obstacles of everyday life. To find out how you can help give animals and the people they help a new leash on life, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Smiles are powerful. They spread joy, laughter, and hope. But not everyone gets a fair chance at a smile. Every three minutes, a baby is born with a cleft, making it difficult to talk, hear, eat, and even breathe. In America, most children with clefts receive immediate care, but others around the world may never have access to the surgery they need to thrive. Smile Train is changing that. As the world's largest cleft charity, our sustainable model has sponsored more than 1.5 million smiles. We offer training and financial support to local medical professionals so they can provide life-changing surgery and other essential services at no cost to families. It's more than to see these children, to hear the difference that we make. And for me, being born with a cleft lip palate, knowing what they went through, is so life-changing for me. Help us change the world one smile at a time. To learn more, visit smiletrain.org slash learn. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I joined the Navy to serve my country while parachuting with my platoon. My parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Learn more at pva.org. I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom and when they come home. I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later, I was paralyzed. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America, because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads, accessible homes and cars, jobs, benefits. PVA has brought me back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Donellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Back to the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. Crocker, you remember that? Remember that, Crocker? I love it, bro. Wow. I love it. Holly, holly, man. Yes, sir. Let's do a radio show this afternoon. Welcome to the Don Miller Show again, starting March 4th. They done blessed these Negroes for two more hours. The black people got a radio show for real right now. Florida Man Radio, JVC Broadcasting, the Don Miller Show, 10 to 2, <laughs> followed by Shannon Burke. In the morning, Bubba Love Sponge. But what I'm talking about right now is we are big now, Holly. 
We are big, man. <laughs> we started out in a little cold cow pasture. What city was that, Holly? Oh, gosh. What is the name of that? Mims. Mims, Mims Florida. And the owner of the station was a giant transgender. Oh, wow. And I'm Do telling we have you. have to tell this story again? A giant transgender. Jesus. Which means the giant transgender hired me and Holly, and we want to shout out Mr. Uh, Mr. Sir, Miss, whatever. We all shout him. Shout oh, giant lady. Anyways, thank you for hiring us. And that oh, gave gosh. us the moment to propel this to where we are. Man, they can hear us in Pine Hills right now. I'm so proud. Yeah. So starting March 4th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., the Don Miller Show and the damn signal, Holly. Mm. You can't find us at 105.5 anymore after March 4th. You head over to 103.1. FM, we coming at y'all. Thank you so much for all those people who wouldn't give me a job, who did not hire oh, me. For all those people who said, no, he's too black, he's too urban, he's too ignorant, <laughs> he's too cross-eyed. <laughs> oh, they called me a lot of names. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. John. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Shane. Sugar Shane. Thank you so much. Anyway, <laughs> well, I got a name for you, my friend. Yes. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, man. Hey, y'all, so look, let's do a radio conversation again, the Don Miller Show. Uh, do we have our guest yet? Man, okay, so we might not have the damn guest, but I hope we have the guest, because this is very important that we have this conversation with Holly Holloman on the show. Uh, okay. A lot to talk about. Hey, um, this, have anybody been watching? Uh, okay, we might be getting our guest right now, but real quick, Holly, this, if this is the guest, Holly, oh, okay. it's going to blow you away, man. And, okay. And I'm so excited. Uh, if if this is the guess, because there are a lot of people in my life over the years that I can tell you uh, have left a lasting impact. But but this one right here is a guy that I can tell you 100 percent. I would not be on the radio uh, had this guy not been in my ear about it and believe that I could do it. Joining us here on the Don Miller show. He's a friend of mine forever. Uh, he's a friend of Holly Holloman's forever. Uh, he is the founder and creator of Essence Magazine, one of the most storied publications oh in the history of America <laughs> for us. Essence Magazine founder and creator, my good friend, my mentor, Jonathan Sebastian Blount. Baby boy! God bless you and good morning. Jonathan! Jonathan, what's going on, man? <laughs> well, I'm just glad that it's still going on, and thank you so much for your good wishes. Hey, Jonathan, man, I appreciate you joining us, of course. You made me, you said, boy, you need to go talk to me on the radio. Remember them days? And uh, Well, I mean, John, I mean, that was an easy call. I mean, it was a no-brainer. I mean, you're one of the most dynamic people I've ever met. You know everybody. You've been interfunctioning and, 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 and interrelating with, you know, some of the top people in America. You know everybody. Everybody seems to know you. I mean, you're exceptionally quick with it. And, uh, you know, you you know, you must have been talking when you were born. <laughs> but, but, you know, I wanted you to come on, Jonathan, because this is Black History Month. And I don't really get into that as much as a lot of people. But uh, when I want to talk about black history, I want to talk about the people that nobody knows. Uh, and you are an amazing person in the history uh, in this country, what, what you've done in our community. Let's talk a little bit about Essence Magazine. If you don't, if you in America, you don't know what Essence Magazine is, you shame on your ass. But let's talk about when the whole founding of Essence. See, I mean, what's going on? Uh, let, let's talk about um, 
uh, the founding of Essence Magazine, and what brought it about? Well, I was, uh, you know, one of the, um, um, the initiants uh, in the um, recruitment after the riots in, uh, in 1968. Uh, white America responded, uh, especially in the riot-torn cities, uh, by, by essentially saying that, you know, we've got to move, you know, black people into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you may also remember that at around that time, uh, you know, Nixon was running for president and he said, um, you know, I'm going to move uh, people off welfare rolls and put them on payrolls. And he essentially developed a program. And that program under his secretary of commerce, Maurice Stans, mm -hmm. was black capitalism and black capitalism meant you see the the, the the Democrats very, very frequently give you a lot of great rhetoric, but they don't give you any program plans or budgets. Well the Republicans they give you a program plan and budget or a way in which to accomplish and achieve um, you know what they have postulated. So he created uh, MESBIX, Minority Enterprise Small Business Investment Companies, in the major donor corporations, which meant that they set aside money uh, to invest in black businesses so that we could. No, no, no. Jonathan, let me right. stop you right there. Now, did you hear what he's saying, guys? Crocker, you hear what this guy is saying, right? This, is, this is a black historical figure Facts. who is saying. Who created a signature magazine. Right. Okay. So, so, so he's saying there are some people who give you a bunch of rhetoric, rhetoric and nothing comes out of it. So, so when you decided, and I want to also say you were, uh, Right up close and personal with one of my heroes, Gordon Parks, as well, correct? Well, without Gordon Parks, there would have never been an Essence. And I just need to let everybody know right now that uh, Essence, over the past 54 years, we're celebrating our 54th anniversary this May. Mm -hmm. At an average of 4 million readership times 54 years uh, times uh, you know 12 months uh, equates to over 2,400,000,000. Uh, direct uh, mm -hmm. uh, impressions into black women's minds, hearts, and lives over the course of that period and now has a, a global aggregate digital impact of 14 million per month. And we have the largest uh, uh, Afro-ethnic uh, cultural and music festival in the world, the Essence Festival in New Orleans every 4th of July weekend, which, which has as many as 650,000 people in attendance. So the magazine has had an incredible impact. And it, it has done and is doing what I wanted it to do, which was to change the image of black women. Because, you know, when I started the magazine in 1968, the only black women images uh, on national television uh, was uh, an Aunt Jemima. Mm. Uh, um, and, and there were no black women on covers of magazines, in magazines, and nowhere but basically in the white man's kitchen. <laughs> well, that's, that's, then, look, y'all see know. where I get it from? <laughs> this is my guy. This is my scholar. Uh, again, Tess Figaro refers to uh, him oftentimes as the English gentleman, Holly. Uh, Jonathan, uh, when you started Essence, uh, there was no money. Can you talk a little bit about where the money came from, the seed capital? Well, actually, um, the, 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 um, you know, I was hired uh, in the executive uh, development program for New Jersey Bell Telephone in the Yellow Pages Advertising Division. Mm -hmm. And during that time in New Jersey, a number of blacks were being hired into executive training programs and positions. And one of my friends uh, was at Armadale, and uh, he was, you know, one of the sales representatives. 
And uh, he came to me one day and he said, Jonathan, listen, um, you know, there's this guy who wants to start a black brokerage firm on Wall Street and uh, wants to go into uh, to training for that. And uh, I want to I want to do it. He said, but I can't uh, afford my apartment uh, and, and, and go to doing that training. And you've got room in your house. I mean, you know, can we become housemates? And, uh, you know, I'll be able to go into the training. I said, sure, come on in. And um, at about that time, I was very successful in the Yellow Pages advertising division. I, I led the curve. And I'm, at this point, I'm 22 years old. And I'm, I'm, I'm the top salesperson. In, in fact, I set the curve nation, nationwide. And so you would have thought I would have been, you know, on top of the world. But unfortunately, I got a lot of backpacks from my 40 well, white counterparts who started slashing my tires and not inviting meetings. <laughs> and I was in the because, you know, they had to come in. Since I set the curve, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all, all the managers said, well, if this black guy can come in here and, and do this, you guys need to get a, get on the, get on the pump. And so they would make them come in every morning uh, at 830 mm-hmm. and forecast what they were going to do that day and then come back in at 430 and give a report on what they, had, they did. Well, since during the campaign, I would accomplish my four or five week campaign objectives in the first week. So I was exempt from that. And that brought up a lot of resentment. So a friend of mine whom I had read at, at, at show, Ed Terry, was an assistant company uh, selling uh, uh, advertising. And they had a superior training program. Mm-hmm. And that was really the reason that I was able to be so successful. And his mother, Mrs. Claire Terry. Man, how do you remember like, all this? <laughs> well, I mean, because I did and and so I would go by and visit her all the time. Mm-hmm. She would encourage me and so forth because I didn't have any family up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I walked in one day and she said, hey, what's the matter with you? You don't look right. And I said, well, you know, I'm having some issues. She said, look, you ought to be on top of the world. You know, you're 22 years old. You're making $40,000 a year. You know, you're, you're, you, you, I mean, what is the problem? And I explained to her what was happening. And she said to me very simply, she said, okay, well, why don't you do something else? And I said, something like what? She said, why don't you start a magazine for black women? And I said, oh, that'll never work. That's been tried before. And she came back to me and said, she said, well, you know, Jonathan, she says, I've been colored. I've been a Negro. <laughs> and now they want me to be black. She says, so black women are evolving and changing. And, uh, you know, I think you ought to. And, you know, Victor Hugo said nothing is so powerful as an idea whose time has come. And sometimes, you know, you possess destiny and sometimes destiny possesses so, you. So, Jonathan, you quit your job. You quit the job, right? I, I, I did. And, and, and I started running around, going to libraries and reading about magazines and interviewing black women and so forth and so on. And the next thing you know, uh, my friend Bill Day came to me and he said, hey, Jonathan, you know that magazine you've been talking about? He said, listen, he said, and this is very much like trading paces. Uh, Russ Goins, um, who was starting the brokerage uh, arm at Cheerson Hamill, he went to the, all, the, all the bosses one day and he said, you know, you guys spend a whole lot of money down here every, every week investing in these white companies and most of them don't work. He said, I bet you if you gave some black guys the kind of money and support you give these white guys, that they'd be more successful. Wow. So, they, so they made a bet. And they said, okay, go find me some black guys. So really, they said, he said, John, they said, you know, we're having a meeting. You know, they said that they're looking for black guys and uh, with, with good ideas. Why don't you come over to the meeting and then talk about your magazine? And uh, I didn't even know how to get to Wall Street. There were no blacks on Wall Street in 1968. I mean, unless they were shining shoes and janitors. 
But I found my way to Wall Street, went into the meeting, and the executive vice president, they made their case, and they presented that if, we can, if you can come up with some good ideas, we can raise the money for you. We raise hundreds of millions of dollars down here every week. It'll be no problem. Mm. And uh, after about two hours and everybody was saying, well, you know, we just got our first opportunity in white America and we don't want to jeopardize it or risk it. My friend Bill Day across the table looked at me and he said, you know, like, what's up? And uh, so I, I raised my hand and he said, yes, sir. And I said, well, I want to know when you want to start hearing proposals. And the uh, executive vice president sat back and said, right now. <laughs> I said, well, I've got an idea for a magazine. He said, a magazine? He said, you know, I think a fashion magazine for black women ought to work. I jumped up and I said, that's it. That's exactly what I have in mind. And he said, you know, he said, look, there's this guy over here. He was real brilliant. His name was Michael Victory. He was 34, and he was the wonder kid of investment banking on Wall Street, Harvard graduate. And uh, he said, you know, there's this guy over there. He has a printing company. You're going to need somebody to print it. There's this other guy over here selling advertising at the New York Times. You're going to need somebody to do that. There's another guy over here at the, at the bank. You're going to need somebody to hang your finances. You guys ought to get together. And uh, so I, I reached across the table and got everybody's business card. And I went home and I called them up. And I said, uh, and you know, are you guys serious about this? And they said, yes. Yeah. So we had a meeting at the Dollhouse Restaurant at 135th Street and uh, Lenox Avenue on that Saturday, Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Six guys showed up. And one of the guys was Cecil Hollingsworth. And Hollingsworth had just opened a printing brokerage office at 102 East 30th Street. Now, you got to remember 1968. There were no black businesses in Midtown Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So Cecil was a real pioneer. So, 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 so you guys came together uh, at what? Right. He offered his office. Wow. And we came together. And, uh, and, and, and we started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, we elected uh, Tony Janier, who was the vice president. He was an advertising uh, sales director at New York Times. We elected him as president. Mm -hmm. And as we started filtering out to get information and so forth, Cecil ran into Leon Rosenbluth, who was vice president of research at Young and Rubicam at a meeting. And Leon wow. liked the idea, invited us over to his house. And he said, you guys need to do some research about this. He says, I'll set up some questions. You guys get a tape recorder, bring some black women in, and I'll analyze the results. So our wives and spousal equivalents conducted the research, and at the end of it, he analyzed it. He says, uh, guys, I think Jonathan, a real winner. Jonathan, we got some questions in the studio. Uh, you know, uh, this, this is a great story. Crocker, go ahead. Jonathan, from the first time you came up with the idea, how long was it before the first magazine was published? Well, it was it was over two years because I mean we really literally uh, you know had to develop a business plan. We had to develop um, 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 sales plans, organizational plans. We had to set up an office. We had to raise money. And here's what I want to say: is it's very very critical. You know, we had what I call the overground railroad. We had some white friends, uh, and it started out with the with the with the partners at, at Shearson. Who, who added up money. So there'd be a hundred dollars here. And then, then somebody bets $500 here. Then one of them gave us $5,000. And the, and the real breakthrough happened one morning. We were getting on the subway after a morning meeting and we were about to get on the subway train and here coming off the train was Bill Huggins, who was president of freedom national bank that he and Jackie Robinson had just started. absolutely. Yep. And, and we said, Hey Bill, what are you doing down here? He said, I'm doing the same thing you're doing, trying to raise some money. And we said, look, well, we've got this guy at Searson. He's raising money for black businesses. Let us introduce you. We introduced him. 
uh, Bill went over to, 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 to Michael, and Michael said, look, I can, I can get the money for your bank, but I need your help. I need you to do me a favor. He said, I need you to help these black guys that I'm working with. I got a call from Bill Hudgens the, the next afternoon. He said, can you come up to my office 9 o'clock tomorrow morning? I went up to his office. I walked into his, his well-appointed office in the bank. We had some, uh, you know, uh, exchange some pleasantries. And he said, okay, Jonathan, here, sign right here. He says, uh, uh, we've opened an account for you, and uh, here's the check for $25,000. <laughs> and I said, oh, wow. Mr. Hudgens. I said, this is wonderful. I said, thank you. I said, don't worry. I said, uh, we won't fail you. He said, fail? How you going to fail? You got all these important and rich white people behind you. The desire and, 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 and the drive the, that he had yes, and the commitment yes, for never given up. Yes. People need today need to resonate with that. And this is an amazing story because at a time of so much division and young people it's amazing if you listen to what is being sold, it, you never hear that there were people yeah. who didn't look like us, who put us in great positions to succeed. Yeah. And this is a typical example where I try to tell people, you got to know your history. So, Jonathan, tell us briefly about your friend uh, Hugh Hefner and how what role he played in this. Well, let me tell you here again. We had uh, organized uh, an advisory board, and uh, so we had uh, the uh, editor-in-chief of the newly formed New York Magazine on the advisory board. We had the president of J.K. Lasser, the accounting company. We had uh, Bill Paley's uh, corporate planning team at CVS on the advisory board. And, uh, you know, I would go around and meet with them and talk with them and so forth, and they would give us uh, incredible advice and direction, and they would introduce us to other people, and it just multiplied. So one day I got a call from uh, Clay Felker from New York Magazine. He says, Jonathan, he says, listen, uh, uh, Kay Graham had a cocktail party uh, last night. And uh, at the cocktail party, I met this guy from Playboy, who is the new director of, of magazine development. And uh, I told him about your magazine, and he said he'd like to talk with you. He says, here, why don't you give him a call? So I called this guy up. We talked over the phone. He says, listen, he said, I'm going to be in New York uh, next week. Can you come by my office and we'll meet? Well, Playboy had an office at 405 Park Avenue. I went over to the office. We were supposed to meet at, at, at 3 o'clock. I got there about 2.30, 2.45. He didn't show up. About 3.30, he still hadn't showed up. No phone call, no nothing. So I, I left. So he called up, and there were no cell phones at that time. So he called up, and he says, Jonathan, he says, I know you think I'm jerking you around. You probably have experienced this. He says, but I'm really serious. He said, my plane was delayed and so forth and so on. He says, Will you, can we still meet? And I said, yes, but you'll have to come down to us. He came down to our office, and over the next uh, uh, two and a half to three weeks, you know, he did complete due diligence on all of us and on everybody we knew and talked to. And finally, he came to me one day and he says, well, he says, listen, he says, I may not be at that Playboy next week, he says, because I want to do this. And uh, he says, and they're dicking me around. It's oh. backwards. Okay. <laughs> he okay. Says, okay. Go he ahead. Says, okay. He, he says, so listen. He says, um, you know, I'm going to present this, and if they don't, if they don't approve it, I'm, I'm quitting. And uh, the next thing I know, I get a call back from him, and he says, okay. He says, the, uh, Hefner has authorized the executive committee to make the, make the decision. Can you come out to, 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 to Playboy uh, next week wow. and have a meeting? 
That's awesome. And so I said, I, I said, sure. But now in the meantime, here we are. We've developed the magazine, and we've got a, we've a, we've announced the magazine to the world. And now J.K. Uh, J.K. Laughter and and Y and R set up a press conference, the timing, and for us to to introduce the magazine formally. This was on February 11th. Now February 8th, we still didn't have a name for the magazine. <laughs> But uh, Sandrine and Mercer, a, a branding company, uh, took my spousal equivalent, Mason's Williams, and I over the weekend. And out of nine choices, uh, uh, I, 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 I and selected Essence. When we went back to the office that Monday morning and announced Essence uh, as, as the choice, the room went quiet. Then Gordon Park said, I like it. And the next thing you knew, everybody but, liked but, it. But Jonathan, so, uh, Jonathan we have a, you got a question for Jonathan Holly. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, what about you, LP? Um, I, I was, I was going to wait till, I was going to wait till the end because it, it's mainly a story. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so he'll have to. Yeah, let me tell you about how the money came. Okay. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have, we have this press conference and, uh, and, and so, um, we announced and it's, and you can see the article that the New York times wrote, Phil Doherty. And he talked about the, he said some of the best brains in publishing are behind this new magazine. And he talked about the concept of the magazine. And I, as chairman and president, was always the lead. And so there are only two people that talked at that press conference, me and Gordon Park. And I, uh, the, the weekend before, we went over to Russ Goins' house and said, listen, we're, we're, we're announcing the magazine, but we can't get a closing on the money. And Michael Victor said that he had circled a million dollars. And in Wall Street parlance, Circle means that these are people that have said that they're going to come in with the money, but he couldn't get anybody to come to a closing. So, yeah. so we had to have a plan that we were going to flush out the investors, that I was going to announce the, in, the investment companies, the Mesbics, that had committed money uh, to the magazine. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and that's exactly what I did. But right. I used the word committed, mm-hmm. and I said that they had committed the money. Mm-hmm. Well, the next thing you know, the, the the world went crazy with that and said that these guys have raised a million dollars and they named the companies. Well, I get a call after the press conference from the lead investment uh, a guy who said, Jonathan, you son of a bitch, you know, we haven't given you any money. You you said that we've given you some money, so we're through with you. That's it. As far as you're concerned, you're dead to us. Uh-huh. Well, God, God stepped in. Because a funny thing happened. Mm-hmm. The wives of the of the chairmen of the boards of the major companies that had these lesbics told their husbands what a wonderful thing their company had done in back in this black magazine. <laughs> so all of a sudden the board called down to the Mesbic director said, you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. I get a call back the next day from the lead investment uh, director, Lou Allen from Faith, and he said, you know, Jonathan, we may have been too hasty. You know, we may have uh, 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 acted. Uh, why don't we Why don't we revisit this? So, they, so Michael Victory called for a closing. We had the closing, and Michael didn't even show up. In fact, uh, weeks before, Michael had quit. And I, I used to go to his office every morning at 8 o'clock between 8 and 8.15. I'd have his coffee ready for him. I said, look, Michael, you can quit. You don't have to do anything else. We'll raise the money. I said, but please don't announce that because you'll kill us. And he finally said, okay, Dallas, I want to announce it. And all of a sudden, now we've got a closing. I'm in the room at the head of the table with all these investors sitting around the table. And they start beating me up again. One of the investors, Bill Burkett from Finance Capital, said, you know, guys, he said, listen, Jonathan, he said, I'm sorry, you know, that they're attacking you like this. He says, listen, I didn't come down here 
to, to, to attack you. I came down here to help you. But Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Yo, Lord, said, Jonathan. For $5, <laughs> I love Jonathan, man. <laughs> Jonathan, listen, listen. I know the, I, I love the story, but we, we up against the time. I just want to ask you, so so did Hugh Hefner invest in your magazine? Well, this is how it happened. I this know, but we got to go to break. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, okay. But, All right. but, but, but the investors said, okay, listen, we're going to ante up uh, 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 $130,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to, to Chicago tomorrow to meet you have to, and they said they're going to put in 250000 Wow. He says, well, we're, we're going to uh, raise that 130000 but we're going to keep the money in escrow. Mm-hmm. If you don't get a positive response from Hefner, we're not going to put in the money. Mm-hmm. And we're going to send Phil Smith. Uh, as a fact, because we don't believe you. He says, so they, they've got to call us and tell us that they're in before we release the money. And I went out the next day and uh, had a whole day of grilling uh, uh, Bob Proof. And you, but, and uh, you got Bob the money. Bob, and you yeah. got the money. They, they approved the $250,000. So okay, we got the that's $130,000. And that started okay. the company. So thank, hey, Jonathan Sebastian Blount, thank you so much, man. Uh, look, I tell everybody about you. Y'all can Google him and read about him. Uh, uh, he uh, he inspired me to go on the radio for sure. Thank he you. pushed me in the radio, and uh, I thank him so much for that. And uh, go Google him and read about him. He's a great figure, and uh, he talks a lot, and I love him. <laughs> thank, hey, Donald, thank you so much. Uh, tell baby girl I said hello. I'm telling you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. John, Jonathan right. Sebastian Blount. Interesting story, huh, Crocker? It was long-winded, for sure. <laughs> uh, interesting but it story. Was, it was very yeah. insightful to know that he had help mm-hmm. from other people right. that would have never thought would have been involved in that magazine. Absolutely. Right. Look, we're going to run the break. We come back. The phone lines are open. 321-339-1055. You listen to The Don Miller Show. Uh, long interview. Very good. We'll be back in a moment. Back to The Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. What? Don't you make I love this song. <laughs> Holly, you know this song? Oh, yeah. I'm hanging all over me in a crowd. Because people like to talk. Thank you so much, everybody. Welcome back to the Don Miller Show. That's good music. Good yeah, music. But watch the, this, day, watch the hook, though. Come on, Stemmer. That's all that I give a damn about. That she gonna go to the house with me. When you get behind. Thank you so much, everybody. Yes, black guys sitting around listening to real ass country music on the Don Miller show. Man, we up here. One day we listened to Tupac and went right into Charlie Pride. Next. Thank you so much again, everybody. Again, the Don Miller show, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Starting Monday, the 4th, March 4th, we head to 2 o'clock, 10 to 2, followed by Shannon Burke, 2 to 6. But the big thing is, 103.1 FM in Central Florida, man, we getting ready to come up on some people. We getting ready to come up on some people in this piece. I'm excited, Holly. They can hear us in Titusville. Oh, wow. They can hear us in Pine Hills. The, sur- the station didn't go to Pine Hills. We finna have a lot of black people calling in this bitch. The station didn't go to Pine Hills before. Now we right up on Balboa in Hiawassee. Knock, knock. We in Eatonville. We in the- everybody. Can. Ain't no excuses that I got 99.9% white people listening to them. So I got, now I'm in your neighborhoods. 
right next to you, Shaquisha. Turn on your radio. Join the Don Miller show. <laughs> I'm telling you, people used to be like, black people used to be like, we can't even hear you. My friends from the other mm-hmm. station that I spent many years at, uh, the AM station, uh, thank you so much. Glenn, all good. Love you, bro. Uh, black people, I run into them all the time. They're like, well, we can't get your new radio show. Yes, you can now, Miss Willie Mae. Yeah. Yes, you can now, Miss Pearl. You can listen to your boy, Don Miller. That, and I'm telling you, I'm so excited that these people can listen over there uh, in Groveland, my friends in Groveland, Miss Eddie Ruth Johnson, who brought me food for years at the other radio station. She can hear me Eddie now. Ruth. Remember Miss Eddie Ruth, Holly? Miss Eddie Ruth. Yeah, thank you so That's much, a- everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real name, eh? <laughs> That's a real name, Miss Eddie Ruth. Oh, good. Thank you again, everybody. The Don Miller Show, full effect right here. I, oftentimes I talk about the guys that I spend time with and my private time, and, 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 and I love these guys. Uh, so many names of guys that we just go at it and bounce off conversations. And I think mm-hmm. men need men, guys. Uh, I'm telling you right now, men need men in their lives. Thanks. Shout out to Jay Kane, Real Rap. Love you, man. Uh, shout out to Osiris and the brothers. Love you, man. And Skip Crazy Ass. Yeah, he all right. Uh, Skip Crazy Ass. Love. These are my guys, and we sit and we have real conversation. Conversations that you don't see on the television screen. White dudes and black dudes alike. And one of these dudes I sit with, I love this cat. He's crazy as hell. He's a very successful businessman, entrepreneur. He believes in entrepreneurship in this country. My man, Crocker. Hey, man, bring your ass to the microphone. What's going on this morning, guys? Holly, this Crocker. Remember Crocker, Holly? Yeah. You dance with the devil and you walk with the angel, Holly. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, we just, and we just, we talk. We have good guy talk. Uh, Last night, we had a great guy time. And I just want to say, you know, it's just good to just kind of, I like to bring my friends around who have, we talk about stuff. So uh, I want to get back really quickly to what we just saw in Michigan. And I want to focus for a minute on the numbers. So Michigan is in trouble in terms of the direction of that state, right? We all know that. Uh, the flight out of Detroit dropped a city that was over 2 million down to somewhere around 600 in a 12-year period, right? Well, there's 10 million people, population in Michigan, mm-hmm. and less than 20% turned out yesterday to even participate. So when Trump's pulling in right at a million and Biden's pulling in 700,000, there's no excitement. And unfortunately, the people need to realize mm. we're not voting for these people. We're hiring them to work for us. You know what I'm saying? So we have to interview them. When someone says Biden's not going to debate, well, that's like saying Biden's not coming in for the interview to get hired. (laughs) So you have to be smart enough to realize you are a CEO of your city, your town, your state, and your country. You are the one hiring and firing Right now is the time to interview the people and, you want to hire. And, and and that's what I'm saying all the time. Look, you, it, it, I get it as political, but it's really not, okay? We're looking to hire somebody to run this, to run the operation, the entire operation, Yeah. right? And when you look at, there's some people that don't ever get to a second interview, right? No, some people. Now, we're on the second interview now. We're on the second interview, which is my point with with Haley, how does she get to the second? Why is she, why is she hanging around? She's hanging around because there's hopes that one of the candidates don't make it. Okay, and 
It's See, an unfortunate thing, though. Yeah, it's a backup candidate. Mm. It's a backup candidate. But the problem is, when you go in for an interview, whether it's you, myself, mm -hmm. you get one chance to get the job. <laughs> and if you happen to get the job and you screw the job up, you get fired. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, we only get to do this every two years, every four years, right. or every six years. Right. So we're in a position to where it's a very serious matter when you are interviewing the candidate that you want to hire. Yeah. No, no. It, 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 I think I wish it was. That's the platform, the conversation we should be having all the time. Okay. Who the interview process, the criteria, the qualifications. But if we put qualifications in it, it throws off something else because then they hit you with the curveball. Uh, well, you ain't never worked in politics. And to me, when I see somebody who ain't never worked in politics running for political office, I'm more excited than the guy who was there forever. Okay? Facts. Look, fresh face, new blood. Look, this is my point when I look at the political, what I'm seeing now. I don't know the whole Nikki Haley. I, don't, I, I know what it's all about, but... I, if she tries to stay in after next week, then we know what's happening because next week is a giant week, okay? People forget these people that we're interviewing and we're hiring. They are public servants. They work Hey, hell for no, us. you cannot say that. You said that the other night. Uh, we were hanging out the other night, uh, uh, and a friend of mine that I haven't seen in many years, <laughs> he shows up. And a uh, great guy to understand this guy. I think he's got an excellent story. He was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize last year. And Time Magazine, 100 Most Influential People in the World, and yada, yada, yada. So my buddy, Desmond Mead, shows up. And we're sitting out, and Desmond joins us. And it was the most interesting conversation. Uh, Desmond is doing great work. And uh, the, his program is to bring people who have served their time back into the uh, proper right, you know, and, and it's been working very well. He has a great program. So it's just a good conversation. And when you can have a conversation with opposing viewpoints and nobody storms out of the room, that's when you know you're getting there. The problem is we storm out of the room. Mm. We don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't believe that. I, we, stop, we need to stop storming out of the room and just take a moment. And, and so I just think everybody should have someone in their life that may not agree with them all the time, but that'll stand on it. You have to be smart enough mm -hmm. to hear what the opposing side is saying mm -hmm. to comprehend the reality of where we are in the world. If you're focal 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, mm -hmm. guess what? You're always going to be 12 o'clock and nothing's ever going to change. So you have to hear. Nikki Haley, she's a politician. That's all she is yeah. looking for a paycheck. Right. It's amazing to me that a person that we hire that's making $50,000, we hire them. Then the next thing you know, you and I are still making 50000 and they're worth a million dollars. Explain that to me, Don. <laughs> well, you can explain it. And yes, you can. But the, yeah. the, and, and that's a point that no, people are not paying attention. People, look, if you look at the number of millionaires in the Senate. You would ask yourself the question, why would all these rich people want to go to that job every day? If I got $10 million, $20 million, mm -hmm. I'm sitting on the couch in my drawers. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Why would I go across country from Utah mm. to D.C. every Monday and go back home Thursday evening on the 6 o'clock flight? Why would I do that? 
because it's not these people. They know what they're doing, and we can't trust any. They're padding their pockets. Yeah, man. And what you just said, that flight back and forth every week. You and I pay for that. Yes, flight. man. I know. I I know candidates. I know people who represent. I, I knew my friend represented Washington State in Congress, and this guy would fly across country every Monday. And I'm saying, dude. Then he would leave because I would be on the flight headed home on Thursdays at 5.45 uh, U.S. Air, and he would be going back across country. And I'm scratching my head like, who does this? Six, seven hours every week, 14 hours? If you looked at the time spent with these individuals and what they actually do, they need to keep a log of 8 o'clock in the morning, what I do, till 5 o'clock. And I guarantee you, most of the time throughout that day, it's bleep time. That's it. Absolutely. I was there. They, you know, they, they they spend, in a day, they probably spend two hours doing work at the most. And they all have assistants, people who, all the work. lawyers, whatever, the, doing the work. Staff, staff, staff. Staff. Staff does all the work. So these people actually Staff don't. tells them how to vote. Exactly. Yes, I've seen it. But Holly, you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But Holly, you hired these people. <laughs> these people are there to represent us. They're not there to represent their self-needs. No, no. This is what they do, guys. These people get these jobs. They come to your churches. They scream and holler. They, they hold your babies. They eat your fried fish. Then they go to D.C. and they sublease the job. <laughs> Huh? Wow. That's what they do. Wow. I'm telling you. Right. Holly, they sublease the job, right? right? So very so right. let me give you an example, Holly. Remember our friend who spent many years in Congress and somebody will walk up to our friend and give our friend here, this is how you're voting today. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they go to the floor and they vote based on what our friend uh my good friend he just passed away, man. Rest in peace, Nick. Nick wrote legislation for many damn years. And he also wrote notes. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote legislation and he wrote notes. And as they would leave to go to the floor, they would have a note. And the, the note on the piece of paper would tell them what? How to vote on the issue. So my point is, we hire them, then they sublease the job. Where they do that at? Well, as we hire these people, one of the questions as we interview them, do you understand you're only going to serve two terms? This allows you as the employer to control the results of the business. But when you put someone there for wow. 20 years, guess what? You've lost your company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We don't work for them. Facts. They work for us. Facts. And that is forgotten. Yeah. It's not only is it forgotten, it's gotten to a point where they're arrogant about it. <laughs> They're yeah. arrogant about it. Hey, I'm not going to answer your question, Don. I don't work for okay. you, man. Now, so Nikki Haley was asked a question. <laughs> Nikki Haley was asked a question uh, the other day, right? Yesterday, a couple of days ago. Uh, to name, you got the clip ready for me? Okay, listen to this. Hold on, stop it right there. She said, name a state that you can definitively win. Go ahead. Why don't we wait and see what happens? We don't have to have a crystal ball and say this is going to happen or that's going to happen. We don't live in Russia. We don't anoint kings. We have elections. Let people vote. But can you name 70, a single state you can win? I can name that 70% of Americans don't want Donald Trump or Joe Biden. That's a pretty big number. 
I can name that 40% of Republicans in all our early states don't want Donald Trump. That's the point that you need to Stop it right there. Long-winded way of saying no. 40%. What was the number in Detroit? Was it 40%? No. Yesterday, 30%. <laughs> yeah, come on. Trump got 75%. The rest got 50%. Yeah. So it's it's a game. People need to say, quote, unquote, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> but but think about this. She she couldn't tell. She said that we don't have a crystal ball. Ma'am, you're not going to win a state. You're not going to win a state. She's spending people's money <laughs> who are donating the money that they need to buy cereal with Facts. or buy milk with. Facts. Quit taking the money. We're living in Biden nomination right now. Know, well, the it, unfortunate it, part about it, Don, yeah. what people don't realize, all these political people who get money donated, that money stays with them. It doesn't get returned to sender. <laughs> people understand that. I, I say it all the time on the show. You raise $2 million. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Gillum kept a million, almost a million and a half dollars. He was down. Let's, let me just give you a point what you just made. Andrew Gillum, the first running for governor of Florida, yep. had significantly more money than DeSantis in the last 30 days. Like way more. Like wasn't even close, right? The numbers were close. It was the closest gubernatorial stretch that we've seen in years. Had he spent that other million dollars on TV and put it on the ground, he probably could have won. But he kept the money, mm. and then he immediately went out and had sex with a giant white muscle builder. But the point is, hold on. Uh, but, the, but the point oh, I make wow. is this, right? Andrew Gillum kept that money that he didn't spend. So a local uh, uh, personal injury lawyer Tweets to Gillum, since you kept the money that I raised you, how about you donated to paying the fines and fees of many of the young people coming out of this system of incarceration mm -hmm. so that they can get on their feet? Because you got to pay your fines and fees, pay your probation off before you can actually be. And Andrew Gillum responds to the local personal injury lawyer, I'm not on your plantation. Wait, wait, wait. This is the arrogance. No, for real. I was, I was Stunned. You took this white man's money, and now you respond to him, I am not on your plantation. Well, God forbid uh, the white man with the personal injury firm hit the gas on his ass, so uh, <laughs> then they found him with the giant homosexual uh, power top is what he called Wait. himself. He oh, called himself a power top. When you see these politicians yeah. out eating dinner, yeah. flying on planes, they are spending your money that you donated. Yeah, so you, yeah, they're they, not spending their money. So, Holly, yeah. they, you could keep, but you definitely can keep some of that, keep the money. And that's just yeah. what people don't know, man. I get it, man. You know, it's just, we just got to have a better system of checks and balances. I didn't mean to spend the time on the little Andrew Gillum gay ass, but I just said, <laughs> oh, wow. thank you about fully. Andrew Gillum was a typical example of a guy who kept the money. He kept all that money. You know, so, you know, it's just they do it all the time. There are people right now. You go pull up anybody's treasure chest. There are guys right now who don't even have opposition with three million dollars in their committee. We're in manipulated their... by the media. Yeah. We're manipulated by everything. Yeah. I thought about it when I was driving over here this morning, Don. The first commercial that I remember where a company had an African-American face out there. It was a Hertz commercial when O.J. running through the airport. <laughs> 
They hired wow. people. Not OJ. But you know what? He was solid. He represented a yeah. wholesome brand. And yes, he did. I, I tell the kid that white woman. <laughs> well, everybody at that point needed to scare white people. Big white bodybuilders too, buddy. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but you're right. So, so, so we, a person's yeah. branding mm -hmm. is what we are sold mm -hmm. by the media, by advertisers, by the CEO of Kellogg's. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we hear this and we have to be smart enough to wear blinders so we don't see all the crap that they're feeding us. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't. We're you, told you, something. We're told something. If you told something ten times, it, you, they think you're going to believe it. You said something really interesting. Holly, listen to this. So <laughs> this dude says to me the other day that the first drug dealer in America that was putting drugs in our children was who? Kellogg's. Sugar, baby, sugar. Once you get them hooked, guess what mama and daddy are doing at the grocery store? They're buying the, they're buying the drug. And I remember wow. Frosted Flakes, right? You could, The sugar in the bottom Battle of the... Creek. Huh? What? No, I'm saying Battle Creek. Battle yeah. Creek, Michigan. You know, the, the Frosted Flakes, the sugar at the bottom of the milk was like, where did all this sugar come from? It came off the frost. That was the frost. Yeah. And no, and the kids just start climbing up the walls, like jumping up and down and going crazy right after we eat cereal. Then, yeah, after, that, then after that, they want you to go to the doctor. Then they're going to prescribe medicine to calm you down. Yeah. So it's a game. It's a system. And unfortunately, the parents have to be the bigger people to understand, hey, I have this by the reins. Just because they're telling me this doesn't yeah. mean it's right. Mm. But how long? How long does that take? That's the issue. Because we 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 can say it all this time, but when it comes to November, that's when everybody's going to be focused on. Okay, did what you did you say what you said, and is that what you said? Okay, now we're going to see if we're going to put you in office. You have to remember, yeah. you are the boss. You yeah. are the CEO, and you're hiring this person. Yeah. And unfortunately, when people can't stand up on their own two feet, mm -hmm. yeah. that's the problem. And that's and that's what we see all the time. Let's go check out some open mics. Hey y'all, it's G off. Make a sweet your husband. Just wanted to give the whole crew a shout out and some props. Big moves moving over to one oh three one. Stronger signal, better station. Love the show, as always. A faithful B do be do baby. Be do be do be do. Congratulations to all. I'm so excited. This is Stacy from the Panhandle. I listen to y'all every day, but I can't call in. I'm usually driving, delivering. Um, let me know if you need a, uh, when you get big time, if you need a white cracker girl. <laughs> oh, wow. Friday, I'll be oh, in. Oh, I love 24 wow. years today with FedEx. Wow. Awesome. About time. Get that money, wow. Stacy. Get that money. Hey, guys. Pat here from Florida. I want to tell y'all hello today and uh, tell y'all that y'all's motto says listen, laugh, and learn. I can listen and I can learn, but boy, some of the subject matter makes it awful hard to laugh. I'm going to have to call in and tell y'all a good story one of these days here to get y'all to ease up on on your on your subject matter. Y'all yeah. take care of yourselves. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye -bye. I love that. I love that. 
Again, the motto is and always will be listen, laugh, and learn. But sometimes we just like to sit around and have interesting conversation and guests. We call what they call pop-in guests. Yeah. And our, our guest today is my good friend Crocker. Uh, Stacy in the Panhandle, congratulations uh, on your time with FedEx. I know you can't call in because you're uh, dropping off that cocaine. You, oh, you, know wow. they, <laughs> you know they're shipping cocaine and reefer now. Through, through oh, FedEx, wow. okay. So, just well, I, know, I know they do doing reefer, but I ain't know they were doing. So, okay. Wash your hands when you get to the house, please, always, and take your shoes off. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, there's something I want to hit on. Anybody following what's happening in Orlando at Lake Eola? Well, the swans uh, have two swans have passed. People go down there and feed the swans. I don't even know why they do that. I think I would never do that. <laughs> but now they got bird flu, avian flu. Just lost two swans. Listen to this real quick. Orlando's famous swans have died over the past couple of weeks, and now the city is warning people to take some precautions if you visit Lake Eola Park. Two of those birds tested positive for bird flu. Fox 35's Hannah McKenzie is live in downtown Orlando tonight. So Hannah, what are people saying about this sad situation? Well, Luann, that's just it. All of the folks I spoke with tonight hadn't even heard about this, which then left them wondering why these swan feeding kiosks are still open. And there are no signs posted around the park letting people know what is going on here. Lake Eola's famous swans taking a fatal hit. In the last two weeks, at least four found oh, stop, dead. Stop, stop, stop. So ain't nobody told these people. That these swans dying from bird flu. And the CDC says there's a possibility, maybe some kind of bird to human transmission. Mm. Come on, y'all. As an active waterfowler all across the country, I see birds act erratic. And you're like, how in the hell did this happen? Right. Yeah. Because these are all monitored under the federal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you go out and you happen to run over a Can Canadian goose or a sandhill crane, yeah. you have committed a federal crime. Absolutely, <laughs> man. And they will, the sandhill cranes get in the middle of the road and just stop and look at you. And uh, look at you really, like they got something else to do. Hey, we're going to run the break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Pop in guest, my friend Crocker, of course. Feel free to join us. 321-339-1055. Don Damilla in this piece. I'll be honest, the first few months were tough. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. And with the transition and everything I'm juggling, I'm spread too thin. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Opening up to someone was a big step for me. I, I saw that I'm not alone and that there are tools to help me overcome what I'm going through. With support, I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash womenveterans. We are strong and we'll get through this together, but these are stressful times. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, and know that you are not alone. Visit wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. It's morning time. 
morning. And I'm amped up. I don't know how I come here every morning on 10. But I got to start saving my energy because Monday, March 4th, the Don Miller Show extends its time and heads over to a new location. That'll be 103.1 FM if you're listening in Central Florida. And we are going from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Followed by the Shannon Burke Show. And uh, I don't know what comes after that. But, again, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Um, damn. It's a good day. Beautiful weather. And I'm amped up early in the morning. But, look, I'm going to head right to a uh, gentleman who is joining <laughs> us real quick on the show. Uh, man, look, there I've seen some great inventions, guys. Uh, but I think uh, this gentleman, Arthur Lee III, uh, has invented something that should be in every household in America. Uh, he is the inventor of life vac. It is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, wow, I can't wait to talk to him. So welcome to the show, the inventor of life vac, Arthur Lee. Hey, Arthur, how you doing, man? Hey, Don, I'm awesome. You got some great energy. I, I love your enthusiasm. I, I can't remember the last time I was introduced as Arthur Lee the Third. Wow. <laughs> hey, man, you got to wow. hold on to the third because there were a few more before you that should be acknowledged. Thanks. Yeah, man, there sure were. My dad uh, was an engineer, and he was my inspiration to make life back last forever. So I agree, and I appreciate it. Okay, so Arthur Lee is with us. Holly, I don't know if you got a chance to look at the life vac. And for the listeners, it's really it's uh, harder to do these type of interviews without being able. So head over to lifevac.com. Is that it, Arthur? Uh, lifevac.net. Dot net. Lifevac.net. You got to go over there and see what I'm talking about, right? This is amazing. Okay. It is a suction device uh, that, Arthur, tell us about it and how'd you come up with it? Well, the, the coolest thing, Don, yesterday we saved, we set our all time record. We saved 15 lives yesterday. So it's an honor to share that and share it with your audience that wow. these choking deaths don't have to happen. But it's basically. If you looked at a sink plunger, a little sink plunger, uh, I re-engineered it so instead of it pushing in, it pulls out. Mm. So you put a little mask on it, a face mask, you push it down, you pull it, and it creates a suction. And it sucks out whatever the obstruction is that's choking you to death. Uh -huh. And people don't realize that 5,000 people a year choke to death, a child every five days. And we have saved, uh, coming up on 2,000 lives, over 1,100 children, because children are wow. high risk. Absolutely. And uh, we're really trying to make a difference. You know, you think how life could change in a minute, you know, four minutes and, and you're gone. Mm. And my mission is to not have that ever happen again. So, so our, tell, talk to me about your push to get life back in schools. Well, we... We lose uh, somewhere around eight children every year, and if it was anything else, it would be world news, and we would we would take it on. But it's so common that it happens all the time. It's it's bizarre. So I've uh, I've committed. I will give one free life back to every school in America because I've been doing this for eleven years now, and I'm tired of every year losing eight kids. It's it's just painfully ridiculous when we have a solution. So, we, you know, I, I would love you, the school superintendents, nurses, get go to life backing, buy it. But if you need me to, I will give you one because it it's it's just ridiculous that we still have kids 
dying in school every single year. And, and this is a meth. This is a this is a device that can stop one from choking like in seconds. And I, I'm amazed when I saw it because again, everyone, you can't do the Heimlich maneuver on everyone. Yeah. And there's some people who may have situations or uh, medical situations that you just can't do that. And LifeVac, yeah, I'm telling a, you, is amazing. There's an organization called EFA. It's called Equal First Aid. And the problem in our schools and our VAs and our everywhere, person in a wheelchair has no option, no protocol. You look at the poster, it's nice standing up, doing the Heimlich, which we encourage people to get trained. But they have no chance. And that's morally and legally wrong. Mm-hmm. And the life fact is an equalizer. You could save yourself. One of the saves yesterday, the person saved themselves. Mm. One of the saves yesterday was a person with a disability in a wheelchair. So we we have the chance now to provide equal rescue for everyone. And I don't know, man. You, you know, I, I invented it because I heard of a seven-year-old that choked to death when my daughter was seven. And I just couldn't imagine that heartbreak of her being in my arms and mm. not being able to do anything. And as a father, I had to do something to save her. And then I felt obligated to bring it to everybody. And like I said, we're we're coming up on 2,000 lives and over 1,000 kids. So this is at LiveVac.net. Arthur, were you an inventor or a tinkerer prior to this invention? I'm a baby boomer. My dad uh, was an engineer. My sister a doctor. So I had really good people around me. You know, we fix our own cars, fix our own houses. I've always been building and tinkering. And uh, But no, I, I had a transportation company. I was in the shipping business and I sold it and basically was going to retire. But this uh, need to save my daughter turned into a need to change the world. Well, I think uh, this is an amazing device. I personally think that every uh, young mother going home from the hospital should be handed one of these yeah, uh, by the people you, at you the hospital it. and just charge the insurance company for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think, you got it, I, I, I agree. Think, that I, would be the way to whack it. Yeah, I also think people getting public assistance should be provided a life act by the government and the people who send them public assistance. I think this should be in every home. This is a crisis, a quiet crisis. Uh, I've, uh, I can tell you, I've known two people in my lifetime to choke to death. And uh, so it, it, it's definitely something that's needed. I, it's just amazing when we see uh, you, a businessman who is getting ready to sit on the couch, yeah. come up with something yeah. that gets, gets you back out there in the mainstream. And I want to push this, uh, my friend, I want to talk to some of my friends in the school system about, about this because this should be in every school system. You can look at these kids in the lunchrooms all over this country. Uh, this is a situation, and uh, everywhere there should uh, there's a defibrillator, there should be a life vac. Yeah, and, and you know the, your your terminology, the quiet crisis. That was very intuitive and awesome statement because that's what it is. And if it was anything else, eight kids every year were dying in school. We we would do something, but. You know, I appreciate you know, your message, your word, getting it out. Me and you right now today will probably save a life. Someone listening will get a life back, give a life back, and together we save the life today. I bet you we will. And and, and one thing, too, as well, is like for me, when I looked at it and looked it up, um, I saw it like a tourniquet for your leg or a defibrillator for your heart. It, like Don said, it should be everywhere in like every little medical box. Yeah, well, you know, you think about with kids, they're far more likely to choke 
them yes. needed. And I'm all for, you know, EpiPens and defibrillators, but the number one reason they don't come home from school is they choke to death. Yeah. So we ought to take the, the top of the danger list and, and prioritize that and fix that. You know, and, and it's interesting. This is a great Christmas gift. Facts. Uh, it is a gr- it is a great gift. Uh, give a life back, and I, I just think uh, this is something that makes a difference. You could see it. I actually saw. I'm like, wow! And you could save yourself. Yeah. You're at home and you choking. Yeah. And you you by yourself. You can easily put yeah. the life back to your mouth. Okay, yeah. and and save yourself. I just think. I'll tell you what. I know I, there will be one in my house, and 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 I can promise you that. And my granddaughter will have one where she's located. Oh God! Yeah, and, and, and 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 I can tell you. I just think this is the right thing to do, my friend. And uh, yeah. go ahead, real quick. Um, and also for all the preppers out there, this is something that you don't need any electricity for. It doesn't need any. Just need that manual labor behind it. And you got it. It's easy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, remember too. You got to remember too. I made it last forever. So mm-hmm. one time per doesn't expire. I didn't do that for a reason. I made it to last forever. If you ever use it, I give you a free one. My goal. I'm old. I'm, I, I know I'm leaving soon. I, I want people to be safe. I don't need the residual business. I need people to be alive. So it lasts forever. If you ever use it, I'll give you a free one, and it covers children and adults. One deal, one time. Please protect yourself. You know, you mentioned baby shower gifts and grandparent gifts mm-hmm. have saved so many lives, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yep, absolutely. Well, Arthur, thank you so much for popping in. Holly, you got anything for Arthur right quick? No, that's, that's, he's answering most of the questions. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have a, a an address or somewhere someone can send some information to or they can get some information from you? Yeah, I mean, just go to lifeback.net. There's a contact form. If you fill it out, we'll, we'll, we'd be grateful to do that. Okay. 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 Livevac.net. Uh, Arthur Lee. Arthur, thank you so much, man. Feel free to pop in sometime. Oh, you're awesome, Don. I appreciate it. what energy and, and you're right on the head. So I'm I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Hey, Stedman, everybody, Holly, everybody should have this. Thanks. Dude, yeah, when I saw it, that. man, it's, it's like, a wow. It's amazing no one thought of this before. Every right. restaurant. Every restaurant should have this. No kidding. No chicken Listen bones. to me. Shout out to Robbie who's listening. Robbie, get one of these, man. Go to the website and look at it and get one of these. First of all, Robbie, you need one at the house. So all of my friends with children, all of y'all, I encourage you guys to have one of these at the house. For real. You know how kids are. Okay? And especially those people who be like cooking hot dogs for kids. Hot dog is the number one. Go check. I'm just saying, go check this out, LifeVac.net, Arthur Lee, great invention. A guy who didn't need to, he didn't do this to get a little money out of this. I can assure you he was good on the couch. Uh, This is just someone who cares and who has a spirit of caring, and I shout him out, Arthur Lee. Okay, guys. Oh, man. Good morning, everybody. Listen, 321-339-1055. Head over to the App Store. Download the Florida Man radio app. Take us anywhere you go. Uh, also, again, March 4th, switching to a new signal in Central Florida, 103.1 FM, and headed from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., followed by Shannon Burke right here on Florida Man Radio from 2 to 6. Again, the Don Miller Show is growing up, guys. Uh, thank you again. i got a lot to hit, too. Uh, there was a primary, guys. There's a primary. Uh, where was this primary? Anybody remember? Michigan, Michigan primary. Michigan. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Joe Biden won the Democratic side of the primary. And uh, uh, Nimrata Haley won the Republican uh, primary. Psych. Oh, I was going to say. 
Psych. I was going to say. What is this lady doing to herself, man? Oh, what is she God. doing, man? Ma'am, just please go to the house. It'll be all right. She Listen brings. to me, man. I ain't seen a white man put his be the white, white woman, I mean, an Indian woman like this, and never, not even in a movie. 68%. I'm just saying, it's terrible. Yeah. Come on. The 26%. Listen, wow. all I'm saying, and this is, this is in Michigan, okay? Yeah. I'm telling you, there's been a significant switch in Michigan since what happened, starts, what's going on in Palestine. There's been a real switch in Michigan. Yeah. Okay. And Michigan is in play right now, Stedman. Michigan is in play, and everybody knows Michigan is in play. I think uh, the Dearborn area, the largest uh, uh, contingent, contingent of uh, um, Muslims in any American city, uh, is going to vote differently. Uh, they can't stand this president, yeah. or they're just going to stay at home. I, I contend Michigan is in play. Again, Nikki Haley, beat again. Man, I ain't trying to be funny, I'm man. So I, I wouldn't even let my wife... I'd be like, if you don't get your ass, I'd become, sit down. You're embarrassing our family. How the hell are you doing this? You're embarrassing our family. She'll probably cuss me. You, you, you embarrass our family every day. But again, the fact of the matter is, <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. Go home, ma'am, please. Okay. What else I have? Wow. I got a lot to get to. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. We're going to have a guy popping in with us in a few. This great guy. I laugh with him a lot. Uh, he's going to be popping in in a few. Also, the second half of the show, I have a surprise for Holly. And I didn't purposely didn't tell Holly that this is going to be our Black History Month only guest. No, no, Holly, okay. wait till you see who it is, man. And this guy, to okay. me, uh, has been an amazing mentor to me, uh, has been a true trailblazer. And he's popping in, and this guy has been, I'm not even going to tell Holly, it's going to be amazing. So, again, we got a lot going on today, a lot to talk about, so feel free to join us. The phone's working, 321-339-1055. Of course, we would appreciate an open mic if you head over to that. Also, got to really run quickly uh, to the Fannie Willis case. Holly, you were the correspondent in that region. Boy, they set that dude on the stand yesterday. I ain't get a chance to watch a lot of it, Holly. Yeah. How can we make this whole thing go away, man? <laughs> Bro, somebody needs to just walk away. I mean, Fanny, if she just walks away. She's digging, Holly. She's digging a hole, man. Yeah, it doesn't mean that she's wrong. It means that you just quit. You know, you, you moved on. And you saw that the, the situation was bigger than your situation. Yeah. Uh, that's She needs to just, bruh, she needs a timeout. <laughs> She, she thought she, she could she, punch. She thought she could punch Trump and not get punched back. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. She don't understand. That's what his. He, he's good at that. He's, he's <laughs> well, very I mean, good at that. Well, if you're gonna go after the big dog, make make sure your closet's clean. Fact. Yeah, but, yeah. That's yeah. the thing too. But what's amazing to me is when I sit around and I listen to some black people. Uh, Say this is about Trump's a racist. This is about racist. Trump drag white people every day. Immediately drag them, right? Punch them down, throw them down. Talk about their mamas and daddies, their ugly wives every day. What the old Trump? Few years ago, Trump. Yeah. Trump go at anybody who go at Trump. Would you agree there? So how yeah. is this race? It's, it's far from race. I mean, when 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 you're when you're in the business room, nobody's hugging and kissing and kumbaya <laughs> in them business rooms. Hey, hey, Holly. Yeah, how are they saying this is about race? I, I don't understand the, the whole purpose of it being, you know, the, the the system is designed to divide. 
Right. And when it divides, it, it divides from ages, from color, yeah. from yep. uh, uh, business situations to, you know, it, it always does that. But the thing is that we're buying into it again. <laughs> and, and the bottom line was that Trump was the dude that everybody wanted in. <laughs> well, then he got in and the people that were in power figured out that he is not the answer for what they really want to have done. But they made him into a, a megastar now. And he's he's able to do what he wants to do, and it's it's going to be a, a very unique situation because if Trump becomes president, it is really going to throw some people off that thought that oh I thought he was on my side. No, <laughs> Trump is on his side. He is on his side. He do business, you know, and <laughs> and I can't be mad at him. Hey, I can't you be know, mad it's, just, it's just amazing. Uh, so they grab uh, Funny Willis's boyfriend's ex-law partner and uh i guess he was his 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 attorney his divorce attorney and the guy uh pleaded lower client privilege in the last hearing but near the end of the hearing bring people up to speed what happened he slips up and says something and they're like whoa did you just say that uh you might have violated lower client privilege so there was up in the air conversation about if he did or if he did not walk uh, whatever mess it up so yeah. judge calls him in the other day into the judicial chambers, and the next morning he was on the stand. So the judge probably heard something uh, that they wanted to revisit. Look, the guy was frightened. I, yeah. Who are these lawyers, right, that can't lawyer? Facts. <laughs> Let me just say that one more time. I think y'all didn't hear me over there. Who are these lawyers that can't lawyer? Are they just sending people to law school and getting them in and out? This dude was on the stand visibly nervous. Did you see him, Holly? Yeah. <laughs> this dude, like, you a lawyer? He only, he, he, he's shaking, and he can't get his words out because all of a sudden he realizes that he is in the deepest doo-doo he's yeah. probably ever been in in his life, yeah. trying to cover for somebody. But I think it's also he's afraid of all the clients and that this is national news. Ain't no clients. This dude ain't got no clients. That's a, any, not anymore? Yeah, he, he had never had any clients. Really? Look at him. Who? Look at him. Okay, he looks. He looks like you know. He, he don't have any clients. He was making money. He was he's from funny. Yeah, yeah. The dude. Well, look, look, yeah, Holly. Well, did, did he look like he was nervous on stand yesterday? I, I didn't. I didn't see him. Did you see it? I, I he, he, he got his bottom lip. He was panicked. Lip. His bottom lip was all. My point is this, man. Hurry up and get this over with so we can move on. And I'm just amazed at these lawyers who can't lawyer, man. You a lawyer, homie? You should be up there, be like pop, pop, pop. Like yeah. he in the nervous. He's like, man, yeah. sweating yeah. like sweating like a runaway slave. I'm it's like, what thing, is wrong with this dude? Side. Huh? You on the other? He's on the other side now. Yeah, he's on the so stand. It, yeah, 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 right, Holly. It's a different. It's a different yeah, thing yeah. that when you picking at somebody, and somebody picking on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Because if he was cross examining, he'd be making them feel horrible, wouldn't he? Yeah, he oh yeah. Did. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pulling up everything from their past. Now you get yeah, now you get to taste it. Well, anyway, we hope that that ends uh, quickly so we can move on with all the other crises in a in this country. We got a lot of stuff going on in the country, and I'm telling you, uh, let's get that over with. Let's send uh, Nikki Haley uh, back to the suburban white mom's par- block party she's been sponsoring <laughs> for years. Hey, she's oh, a brown wow. girl. She's a, not a brown. She's a suburban white mom. Okay. Um, so Holly, I also came across something I wanted to hit at. Um, I, just, I just when every time I look at that, I just like, man, I'm so tired of that. Um, Ronald Reagan, who I thought, and a lot of people thought, if you go look at people who were in that era, 
Ronald Reagan was a pretty interesting president, right, who had some illness as well, and uh, but had a team around him mm. that were so smooth, Holly. We didn't even know yeah. he was on the decline, right? And most people that he, most people didn't know he was on the. De- I know we are in the internet area, and every, there's a camera everywhere. It's easy to see that Joe Biden's on the decline, but we would know Joe Biden was on the decline if we just listened to him on the radio. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You yeah. ain't got to see him. <laughs> you know, and you can hear it. In, you can hear decline, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ronald Reagan, on the other hand, was quick until he couldn't do it anymore, and I think that may have had something to do with the fact that he was a Hollywood guy. Listen to this clip right quick. You already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mr. Mondale. Um, I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all, Mr. Truett, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes, my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> oh, wow. He was quick. <laughs> That's sharp. That was smooth. That yes, sharp. smooth. Yes, man. And that, I, I think uh, to, to say that this guy's not on the decline, man, y'all need to cut that nonsense out. Look, we're going to run the break. We come back. Open the phone lines, 321-339-1055. I need y'all to holler at your boy. Uh, this is my last few days in this short time. I need y'all to amp me up. I need to be boosted up and lifted up. We'll be back in a moment. I'll be honest. The first few months were tough. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start. But civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. And with the transition and everything I'm juggling, I'm spread too thin. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Opening up to someone was a big step for me. I I saw that I'm not alone and that there are tools to help me overcome what I'm going through. With support, I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash women veterans. Roxanne Watson is on a mission. Hello, how are you doing today? She wants more people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors. Are you an organ donor? Yes, I am. Yay. My goal is to sign up the most people in the United States. <laughs> What drives her? Roxanne's own life was saved through the gift of a heart transplant, made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day that I was going to devote myself to the cause of organ donation and signing people up and honoring my donor by doing that. Now she's back to health, and she's a powerful force, helping to save lives every day through her work. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Eight people can be helped with the major organs and up to 50 people can be helped with a little bit of everything. And when you think about it that way, that you could help that many people, it's amazing, it really is. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. 
Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs at the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle up the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing and he was fighting to survive. For eight hours a day, someone was pounding on my chest to try and keep my lungs clear. I honestly don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received the gift of life, a double lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. After I got my new lungs, I started doing things that I had never been able to do. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. Steve climbs to honor his donor and to raise awareness for organ, eye, and tissue donation. Wouldn't you like that when you left this beautiful planet that you could save a few lives on your way out? It's an incredible gift. Imagine what you could make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources, and Services Administration. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to pva.org to learn more. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect and make the world a kinder place for animals. You can help too. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more compassionate world for all of us. Back to the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. This ain't Texas. This ain't Texas. This is the Don Miller Show. They are cards down, 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 down. So pack your legs. This is Beyonce's number one song in America right now. On the charts, uh, this is her uh, into country. First black woman to ever have. So you take this country. It starts out with that. Oh, hey, you got to kill it. You got to kill it, Tim. Oh, okay. It's no you cut. Yeah, twang on top of twang okay. on top of twang. Okay. Now, now, thank you so much. Cutter. It's 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 mm-hmm. basic, but because Beyonce has a name and a huge following for many years mm-hmm. and decades, I say, uh, yeah, it's gonna be number one because it's her name on it. Okay. So that song by somebody else wouldn't be number one, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's I if Taylor that's, Swift that's, did it'd be number one. Holly, you can see that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Can see if somebody that. else was on that song singing it just like that, that would be considered a good song. Uh, it's country cookie, cookie it's cutter. Country coming out of the gate with the banjo picking. It's got a good twang to it. When you're out at the bar, or the club at Friday yeah. or Saturday night, and that comes and on, you're, you're going to yeah, smile you're it. Yeah, and you're going to kick it up, and there's going to be a new line dance, Facts. and it's going to be a fad. Facts. Okay, okay. Facts. But but again, if it wasn't Beyonce, it would be number 27 on the charts. Hey, listen, let's go check out some open mics. Good morning, guys. Ray Ray here. Hey, Don, I ask you, how long is she going to keep this up? Isn't it really set that, you know, Donald Trump's the next nominee? Or how long can she keep... Uh, block going on that's what she's doing she's just trying to put a wrench in his gig go ahead next hey Don and and the crew congrats on the extended hours uh just i'm worried about the birds at lake eola i feel like i feel like joe's setting up trump trump's gonna get trump's gonna get arrested for bird flu <laughs> 
crew. Hey, this is to my black brothers and sisters. People like Fannie Willis and the rest of the people like her, they don't care anything about us. As long as we keep accepting that ghetto, ratchet, debauchery, they're going to keep giving us their wow. ass to kiss and wanting our support. Stop it. Hey, what's up, Don Miller? Holly Holloman. Scadman. LP. Sparky 352. Okay. So I learned something last night. Nikki Haley's a bitch. <laughs> what is she doing? Wow. Why is this woman still in this race? And who is funding her? That's what I want to know. This is crazy, man. Anyway, it's uh, great news to hear you guys are going to four hours Monday. I can't wait to spend more time with y'all. Have a great one. b 2 b Yo, whatever, everybody. Awesome from Tampa. Great show. Hey, I went. I went ahead and shared that LifeVac um, website on my social media, especially on my Facebook, because um, I know a lot of family friends that have kids. So hopefully they take the recommendation, and everything. So good advice. Thank you again. So so much going on again. Uh, thank you so much. Next week is a big week for us. Monumental. Uh, we go to four hours here on the Don Miller Show. Uh, and, Four uh, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. More coffee for me, of course. Yeah, you gonna have to take a break every, every now and then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just, you know what? I, I probably just would do the Monday monologue once a week, yep. and uh, that way I can not go to sleep on the radio. I'm falling asleep. Oh wow! <laughs> I ain't falling asleep on the damn radio. No. But again, no, uh, we'll, it, we'll have a good. Time. It's a great opportunity. Uh, we got a lot planned for you. Demika Page will be in the studio next week. Uh, we just, we're really excited about it. And, uh, uh, joining me in the studio is a guy I sit with, uh, and, uh, we have a lot of differences, but we have a lot in common. Uh, he drinks terrible beer. I don't drink terrible beer. Uh, and, uh, but we enjoy each other's company. He drinks the worst beer you can drink. What does he drink, man? What, what beer do you drink, bro? Go ahead and give him some advertising. Hey, Coors Light. <laughs> Anhe Anheuser-Busch. They make one stupid at mistake and add, and look what happens. But dude, this dude, grown-ass, big old giant-ass football quarterback sitting there drinking a Coors Light. I'm feeling guilty because I ain't sitting there drinking no damn Coors Light. That's the beer from Smokey and the Bandit, man. Uh, but again. Hey, dude. that's one of the greatest movies ever. Exactly. Pay some respect. <laughs> wow. We got a short time to get there. <laughs> wow. What's a Smokey and why has he got a Bandit? So you're not familiar hey. with the movie? Come on, man. What's the smoke? No, you, you got to you know, work tonight. Uh, you got Before you yeah, come right in tomorrow, right you got to watch well, that you, show. Yeah, you got right here's a total mind. lack of respect for the law. Smokey and the Bandit, dude. But these the young people, man, they're done. Why do you think the Bandit? He can't feel bad about it because... It really wasn't that good a movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, well, even though, even though I've probably seen it four or five different times, uh, went to the went to the drive-in to see it uh, as a as a as a teenager, a kid, I guess, and uh, it was a unique uh, concept. Now they did have a lot of innuendos in there that were good, but that was pretty much it. What's so let me ask you a question: Smokey and the Bandit. For those who saw it, or Talladega Nights. Smokey and the Bandit. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, man. That's no. Talladega Nights, man, because the little baby Jesus, the little bitty Jesus. That's right. Which Jesus you praying to? I need to slap your mama. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Shake wow. and bake, baby. <laughs> so why is Talladega going Shake and bake. 
Holly, if you ain't first, what is it? You last. last. Holly, that that movie touched a good friend of mine, Uh, and he is uh, repairing or actually rebuilding mm -hmm. a 1980 Trans Am now. So movies of the date are influential in what people grew up with. The best part about this is he bought this car for his 13-year-old son, Mm -hmm. and now this car has become his, and it's going to be a (laughs) $200,000 1980 Trans Am. Right, yeah, sure. And the son will never drive it. (laughs) But um, that's what Meekum Auction does. You you really can't touch them and drive them, but when it comes across that stage, it looks pretty. Then all of a sudden, the excitement builds up. I got to have it. I got to have it. Hand goes up. Hand goes up. And next thing you know, you spent $35,000 for a piece of Bondo. A piece of Bondo. That's exactly what it is. A good looking Bondo might have had, but a piece of Bondo. I want to get it. If you go to that again, I want to go with you to that. If you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That'll be cool. Yeah. That'll be cool. Um, Why did Tyler Dagger go out at night? Talladega, you said Talladega and something nice. Yeah. No, don't worry about it, dude. Just write that down. <laughs> write that down, man. Oh, my goodness. Write oh, that down. Oh, wow. Are we going to do what they say can't be? Oh, wow. Really? I remember this song, though. Thank this you so much. Hey, y'all, hey, I'm going to start giving you home. We got to start giving Ashy. LP. Cowboy, I mean LP. Uh, we still yeah. gotta give him homework. You have never seen Talladega Nights. I've heard about it, but it's never come across my my feed. I've only I've only heard people talk about. Well, Talladega he's only Nights. twelve. I mean, he's only twelve. This is a grown so, ass well, thirty year old man. We gotta add one more. This dude's thirty. Cannonball well, he's run. Twelve. He's twelve. Yeah, when you were there. Oh, what is that? Cannonball, cannonball run. run. Now that was how, good. How did you make a cannonball run? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just write that down too. Cannonball. Okay, you have nothing else to do. Sit in the back of your pickup truck. Go to Blockbuster truck. to the. Oh wait, they're no, gone. No, geez, <laughs> that, that was Terry Bradshaw's welcoming. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I thought it was a. <laughs> but we just had some really good stuff back then, and I just you really need to go watch some movies. All right, so I got I got Smokey and Bandit, Talladega Nights, and Sally Fields. Fine, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So I just you'll be surprised. But I think you got to watch it in order. Talladega. Cal- uh, Cannonball Run, I think, was first. Cannonball Run first, first. then Smokey and the Bandit, and yeah. Talladega Nights. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, uh Jane Johnson from the Johnson family just watched Talladega Nights. She had never seen it, and she thought it was hilarious. Okay. I just, look, yeah. And, and, yeah, because now she's in the NASCAR, you know, now. Okay. Right. So, listen, coming up, 3 p.m. right here on Florida Man Radio, the Shannon Burke Show from 3 to 7, followed by Jesse Kelly. In the morning, Bubble the Love Month, starting March 4th. Everything shifts. 103.1 in Central Florida, 103.1 FM, the Don Miller Show, 10 to 2. Shannon Burke, 2 to 6. Listen. 10 to 2. 10 to 2, uh, 10 to 2, 2 to 6, right on Florida Man Radio. Listen. That's it. Head over to lifevac.net. Save your child, save your family, save a friend. Bless somebody with a life back. Get your asses over there and do it now. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan. Bill O'Reilly here. You are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Coming up next, the news with Mike Slater. Thank you, Bill. It is Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Here's what's happening today in America. Michigan results are in. Bump stocks in the Supreme Court. Mary Poppins' naughty language and surge pricing at a burger joint. It's all coming up. Then Bill's going to be here with your message of the day. But first, Donald J. Trump has won the Michigan primary. It's not even close. Michigan's weird this year. The primary decides 16 of the state's 55 delegates. The other 39 are decided at the state party convention caucus this Saturday. And can you believe it? Super Tuesday is this Tuesday. Do you remember the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival in Las Vegas back in 2017? Jason Aldean was performing at 10 p.m. and someone started shooting from the 32nd floor of the hotel across the street. It was the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. 500 wounded, 60 people killed, fired over 1,000 rounds. And they say he used a bump stock. That bump stock is being argued today in front of the Supreme Court. The question is, is that a machine gun? The justices are considering whether a bump stock is a machine gun as defined by the National Firearms Act from 1986. They define a machine gun, or the law defines a machine gun as any weapon which shoots automatically more than one shot without manual reloading by a single function of the trigger. And it also includes parts used for converting a weapon into a machine gun. Hmm. Appeals courts have come to different conclusions, so it's in front of the Supreme Court today. The most recent decision from alcohol, tobacco, and firearms said that the bump stock is a machine gun, and everyone had to turn it in by a certain date or else you could face criminal penalties. And one man is suing the government, saying that this violates his Second Amendment rights. Mary Poppins has been hit with a PG rating in England because of its use of discriminatory language. There's a point in the movie where someone uses the racist term Hottentots, which no one's ever heard of, ever. Apparently, a Hottentot is a racially insensitive term for a Kokoi, an indigenous group in South Africa. These people will destroy Everything that's good and loved. Wendy's, the second largest burger chain, by McDonald's, of course, is announcing price surging. So it'll be like when you try to get an Uber during a busy time. The price will go up. Customers could pay a dollar more for a sandwich during the lunch hour rush. The CEO said that they're going to spend $20 million on high-tech digital menu boards that can update the price in real time. Hmm. Are you okay with this? Is this a smart business move or just a form of price gouging? I'm Mike Slater, Bill O'Reilly, with your message of the day. Next. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, 
or text GOLD to 65532. Bubba the Love Sponge. But yeah, every time I look at it, I go, man, that's for 40 bucks sitting there. That's how our brains work, Bubba. Listen, we can't really help Bubba, it. It's in our blood. Meanwhile, Lummy looks at his and be like, oh, man, that backpack, I love the guy it represents. That's my guy right there. That's my that's my guy. I think if you autograph it for Seth, that's when you get nervous. Because <laughs> that means he's probably going to try to sell it for like 100 Well, yeah, just don't personalize it to me. You can sign it, Bubba the Love Sponge, in a gold marker, but just don't put two Seths. Oh, you know, okay. Want to be flexible. <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge, mornings on Florida Man Radio.